Good morning, and welcome to episode 487 of Effectively Wild, a daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Ben, we are brought to the people by BaseballReference.com's Play Index, are we not? That is true. Can't dispute right. it. No. So now that that's been said, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just say it again. Brought to you by the Play Index <laughs> at BaseballReference.com. Uh, how are you, Ben? Great. How are you? Okay. How do you feel about Bronson Arroyo's Tommy John surgery? <laughs> I was going to bring it up. I don't. I don't feel that great about that. People. People know that I really enjoyed Bronson Arroyo's injury-free streak, and that and is. Remind, remind me, the streak was that even in the minors, he had he had never been on the DL. He had never. Yes. Yeah. He and he and Mark Burley just never never on the DL, and so this is. This is particularly depressing, right? Because Arroyo was was hurt earlier this year, so that that broke the the streak. He was he was on the DL for this, I guess, so that we didn't know that it was this serious at the time. And so, yeah, this is kind of depressing. This is you know all all Tommy Johns are are slightly saddening, but this one is especially so because it's Bronson Arroyo, and he. He seemed as close to indestructible as there was among pitchers. And the interesting thing is that he said he was pitching with the torn ligament for six starts. So I looked at his six starts, and he pitched pretty well in those last six starts. He, or he pitched, he pitched Bronson Arroyo-like. No one would have raised an eyebrow at the performance while he was pitching with a torn ligament. He had a, a 3.99 ERA, and... 20 strikeouts and seven walks in 38 innings. It was very, very Bronson Arroyo-esque with the torn ligament, which is interesting because we've talked in the past about what pitchers did before Tommy John surgery. Did they just retire? Did they keep pitching? Did they not have this injury? And I I think they always had this injury, maybe at a, a lesser rate than they do now, but, but they had it, and if possible, they pitch through it. I think it's it's possible to do it. Bronson Arroyo proves that you can do it for six starts. I think a hundred years of baseball history proves that you can do it for for years, in fact. <laughs> sure. I mean I mean mm-hmm. it's it's it seems uh it, it's it seems indisputable that lots of pitchers were uh pitching with uh you know frayed ligaments. Mm-hmm. Uh and it, you know in some cases it, it you know it it you know it fully detaches or whatever. Like there's there is occasionally a pitcher who who actually has a pop, and mm-hmm. at that point you can't really do anything uh, at all. But um, you know most guys have surgery way, well before that point, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, they simply just in a previous era wouldn't have had surgery, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and I wonder how long Arroyo could have gone. Like for instance, Arroyo, how old is um, Arroyo? Is uh, 36, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. So he's he's like right around that age where. Um, like so, if you look at um, Tommy John rates, uh, there's uh, by age. You know, there's 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 various parts where it goes up and then it goes down or whatever. And but then at a certain point, they just fall off completely because nobody who's you know other than Jamie Moyer, nobody who's like 43 is going to bother. Like they just mm-hmm. they hang it up, right? Mm-hmm. And so that sort of gives us uh, that skews a little bit the idea that this is a young person's surgery. Um, but Arroyo is like right on the cusp where you could see if he'd been like maybe 39, he might not have, or if he were slightly worse, he might not have bothered to go through with this. You could even imagine that maybe 
three years ago. Jamie Moyer had Tommy John surgery when he Jamie was Moyer, 48. <laughs> I know, but Jamie Moyer's a Jamie Moyer's a, clearly a an exception to everything. Yes, in many I mean, ways, yeah. He's he was 48. You've already established with the premise <laughs> of this that he was uh, uh, an exception. Um, but you can even almost imagine that if Arroyo had uh, had had this arm uh, pain, uh, you know, in t- toward the end of 2011 when he wasn't very good. Um, when it seemed like his career was essentially coming to an end anyway, mm-hmm. that he might not have had the surgery. I, it would be interesting to, I mean, we would just have never known about it. Like he might mm-hmm. have at some point, you know, we would have found out maybe after he retired or something he'd say, oh, I'm pitching in pain, but we wouldn't really know that um, that surgery, you know, that he was a surgery candidate necessarily. Mm-hmm. He just would have kept on pitching until he washed out of the league like uh, Mark Redman and, you know, every other lousy pitcher who just mm-hmm. started sucking. Yeah, it's funny that I could only come up with one. <laughs> Chris could Benson only with, with one. There you go, Chris Benson, another pitcher. <laughs> both of them, both of the previous pitchers. Yes, <laughs> Chris Benson and Mark Redman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Moeller. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> uh, Matt Morris. Sure, good one. These are uh, <laughs> all Alan, pitchers. <laughs> Alan Alan Bennis. Yeah, eventually Andy Oz- too. Osvaldo Fernandez. We could we could go on. Alan Watson. <laughs> Rick Roden. I'm getting too far back now. Uh, all right. Uh, so do you, uh, uh, Mark? How old's Burley now? Thirty-four. Thirty-five. Kind of Thirty-five. What kind of odds would you give her? I guess what I'm saying is, what are the odds that he makes to the end of his career without a Tommy John surgery at this point, or what are the odds that he will have one before the end of his career? Would you guess? Uh, 50-50? He's got a lot of a lot of he's got three thousand innings on his arm. You think there's point. a you think there's a fifty fifty chance that even Mark Burley will have a Tommy John surgery sometime in the next, let's say five to eight years. I am afraid so. I'd I can't hate, remember, did Tom Glavin did didn't Tom Glavin add something have something late Tom, in his career? Tom Glavin had a similar injury free streak or DL free streak, and then yes, he did let me see, looking it up on his BP player card, I remember that that streak was broken at some point. Yeah, it was 2008, left elbow strain, flexor tendon, had surgery. Not not Tommy John, I don't think, but, but elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so even Mark Burley, I think, is vulnerable to this. I, I'd hate to see it because he's now the last, last man standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, there's other people standing. We just don't, we just don't know it yet. I mean, there's mm-hmm. lots of, there's lots of people whose streaks are sort of in their infancy, like yes. you know Tim Lincecum, I think, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, has has uh, never had a, an injury that I know of. Uh, Maybe he has. Yeah. Probably does. Probably has. We'll see. Not a not a serious one. Mm, nope. No deal. Yeah. So he's you know in nine years he'll be mm-hmm. there with them. So we we just don't know who. Who the guy is right now. Uh, all right. Can we mention Sean Doolittle's tweet? You may mention it. I have to mention it because, it, as I said in the Facebook group, it was it was an intersection of both of our interests. Sean Doolittle, upon making the All-Star, All-Star team, I assume, tweeted, Sorry if I didn't respond to your text or tweet. I was jumping up and down on the bed, blasting All-Star by Smash Mouth. So Sean Doolittle, of course... A pitcher you find fascinating, playing Astro Lounge to celebrate. 
Cal Eldred. <laughs> yep. Jeff Juden. Yep. Former pitchers, no longer pitching. Jamie Navarro. Mm, forgot about Jamie Navarro. Uh, Eric Plunk. Uh, all right. So let's talk about a couple things. Uh, well, did, I'm sorry. Did you have a response to Sean Doolittle? No, I was just, just happy to see it. Were you so, disillusioned by this? <laughs> How could I be disillusioned by this? <laughs> because because not only are your feelings about Astro Lounge not, not quite my feelings about Astro Lounge, but All-Star is, I think, the most unforgivable track on that album to listen to in your eyes, right? And, and Doolittle could do no wrong before this. So does this, does this tarnish him? Uh, wow. Irony really is dead to you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't think that he Sean was Dool- actually doing this, huh? I'm pretty sure that he wasn't bumping it like already when the call came. Like he just happened to be listening to it. No, my guess is that a it it never happened as reported. <laughs> that uh, b if it did happen, it would have been fully ironic. And c what likely happened is that he uh all of that without actually playing it that he he merely sang it that he was singing it in an ironic way hmm i think you're looking and the at lyrics sh- do, the lyrics do fit an all-star i mean if you are in a situation where you have been named an all-star the lyrics do fit there they're they're applicable <laughs> to the situation well i think you're looking through rose-colored glasses at sean doolittle here i think this was purely celebratory uh-huh. Yeah, fine. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, I still don't have an issue. It's a, it's a fine, it's a fine song. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I wanted to talk about two things that baseball players said. Well, I guess one is a baseball player said it. The other is, I guess a baseball player said it too, although maybe a manager said something. Maybe I don't know if we're going to talk about what the baseball player said or the manager said. But uh, uh, the first one that a uh, was said the thing that was said uh, was about Nelson Cruz. Mm. So Nelson Cruz had a big game, uh, a big game against John Lackey, I believe. Um, I think this was the game he went five for five. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the game, John Lackey uh, sort of slightly passive aggressively and slightly aggressive aggressively uh, complained that you know Nelson Cruz is a cheater, no good cheater, and that everybody should not forget that he's a cheater and just sort of in general complaining that he got beat by a guy who not that long ago was was cheating mm-hmm. and uh buck showalter nelson cruz's manager uh responded uh quote uh everybody needs to make sure that their own backyard is clean there's so many insinuations quite frankly about people in every club you usually don't hear those comments after a shutout or something considering the timing of things it's one of those things that you keep quiet about it and it reflects poorly upon the person who said it. He might want to be careful. Um, so what do you think of this? What do you think about this? Um, I, I know that, for instance, if I were to start saying that a player, if I were to, uh, particularly if I were to start accusing a player of using steroids uh, or performance-enhancing drugs without any evidence, uh, I would be you know, widely condemned uh, appropriately. I would condemn myself. Uh, you would condemn me. Um, I would be condemned on the Facebook page uh, that I uh, have have every once in a while glanced at, uh, and it's it would be unacceptable. However, uh, 
what about players condemning each other? Do you do you feel okay about players condemning each other? Do you feel like uh, it is Lackey's place to complain about Nelson Cruz? And let me take it further. If let's say that Nelson Cruz uh, uh, didn't have this um, conviction in his past, if John Lackey just started insinuating that Nelson Cruz was on performance-enhancing drugs, or if he were insinuating that, say, Charlie Blackmon or Josh Harrison or one of the other surprise performers this year uh, uh, were, were using something uh, illegal, um, how would you feel? What would your reaction be to that? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I guess I like it when players are anti-PEDs, and we, we saw a lot of we saw a lot of that over this offseason, but that was not really directed at any particular player. It was just we need to clean up the game and everything, and we need to have stricter testing, and that that sort of attitude is fine. If it were if it were just baseless insinuations about a player, then I don't know. I mean, maybe you you figure that maybe they they know something but even even so they're not going to say what it is that they know so it it doesn't seem all that different to me really than than one of us saying it mm. i wasn't sure whether lackey was saying that he's still doing it or saying that he is he's tarnished by having done it he said he said you guys forget pretty conveniently about stuff i don't know whether that whether that means that he thinks that writers should uh, should just not let up on Nelson Cruz for his former infraction, his former transgression, or whether he is suggesting that he is still taking something, um, that wasn't wasn't totally clear to me. But but yeah, yeah I, it, I don't know. There is a there is a way that uh, uh, that that these things do tend to be sort of stated so vaguely that you're not even sure what anybody's saying. Like, I don't even know what Showalter was saying, for that matter. Like, was Showalter saying that there are insinuations about Lackey and that Lackey needs to be careful? Or mm. was he just saying that somebody on Lackey's team right. has Lackey, insinuations or what? Yeah, I don't know. Lackey, Lackey prefaced his statement about Nelson Cruz by saying three times that he wasn't going to say anything. He yeah. said, I'm not going to comment. I've got nothing to say. There are some things I would like to say, but I'm not going to. You guys pretty conveniently forget about stuff. Mm-hmm. And he didn't actually say anything, really. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Buck Showalter, he could be... Could be referring to like David Ortiz having having been connected to to PEDs in the past. He could be talking about some other Red Sox player, or you know, just just you never know if someone on your team is doing it. So so you shouldn't speak up about it because you you might look silly when someone on your own team is shown to have been using something. Um, I don't I don't know whether it was uh, whether it was in reference to anything about Lackey himself or just just general Red Sox or just general baseball. You never know if if one person on one team is taking it. It's it's not unlikely that someone on your team is taking it. So it's the same same sort of thing we hear when when someone gets caught using pine tar or something. Uh, a team is often reluctant, you know, the manager is often reluctant to go and 
and tell the umpires to check the guy for pine tar because it's quite likely that pitchers on his own team are using the same the same thing. So I guess it's I guess it's a glass houses thing. Do you think that uh, Lackey went too far, or do you think that Lackey went in his sort of weird, you know, uh, insinuation, but not actually saying anything and not being very clear? Did he not go far enough? Should he have been more clear? He's going to start uh, bringing these things up. Um, is that fine? But he should be more clear so that you know he can. We can sort of put the words to his name a little bit better. Uh, I don't think he went too far i think i don't know probably better just not to say anything but i think probably he didn't he's he he, he basically didn't right (laughs) i mean he really didn't though kind of i mean he but he did barely i mean he barely no he did he said he said look at me i'm pouting i'm unhappy (laughs) Mm -hmm. why are you giving glory to the guy who beat me when He's a no good cheater. He said that. I mean, you know, it, it was pretty clear that he was he was uh, invoking the steroid guy who had won the game and complaining mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, it, right. It, it's it's kind of hypocritical because you figure that if Nelson Cruz had been on the Red Sox and had hit the home run that had won that game for them, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have gone up to the the writers and said. You guys forget pretty conveniently about stuff. So it's it's a product of his frustration, having lost the game, having been beaten by Cruz. And and yeah, he, he probably shouldn't have said what he sort of said. Well, I have to say, I'm, I think that we complain so much about um, players being boring. And I'm not sure which we actually dislike more when players are boring and, and try to say nothing. Or when they actually try to say things, but they're sort of dumb and, and inconsistent and illogical and um, irrational. Um, but I think that in I think I'm perfectly fine with ball players slandering each other, uh, throwing mud at each other, um, accusing each other. Um, I would be fine with. Uh, although I, I guess I would like them to. I, I would. I guess I'm fine with that based on the presumption that they would know things that they, they would actually be in a better position to know than, you know, anybody else would, uh, any of us would, and, you know, maybe even in a better position to know than, you know, the drug testers would. I mean, I, I, I've talked about this before. I think it's basically the player's game. I think that the best, uh, the, the most effective, uh, way to, um, you know, to police an organization is often, uh, when the players police themselves, um, and when it's the player pressure, the peer pressure, the unwritten rules uh, that uh, that keep people from from doing things that the players themselves don't want them doing. And so, in general, I kind of think that there's like I don't know. I probably have this utopian vision of players all, you know, being both responsible but also uh, honest and 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 um, you know aggressive uh, with this stuff. The thing is, though, that you have to except that they're going to be really, you know, dumb. They're going to have, like, a lot of really, like, dumb arguments. Like, anytime a player opens his mouth, you have to decide, okay, do you want to hear him give the boring, cliche answer, mm-hmm. or do you want to hear him give the honest answer that reveals something and that tells you something about what he's actually feeling? And if you want the second one, you just have to be prepared for it to probably be a bad argument. 
and for it to probably not use all the information that it should, uh, the, you know, the objective analysis and the, uh, you know, the well-researched um, point of view, it's probably going to be like a little bit emotional and shaky and, um, you know, arguable. Um, and so I guess I'm okay with that. I think I'm okay with players, uh, both not being the, 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 the best, uh, analysts of their, of certain aspects of their, of their sport, but Mm -hmm. also continuing to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. I think now on the other hand, um, I don't feel that way on Saturday afternoon when I'm hearing some former ball player calling a game and being, you know, really dumb about things. But I think the reason for that is that most of the time those guys are speaking in in the cliches. When you hear a, a, a broadcaster in the announce in the uh, in the broadcast booth, a, a, a former player in the broadcast booth, they're usually frustrating because they're they're only. Uh, relying on the same cliches and the same dumb cliches, and they're not actually revealing anything. I think that the ones that do reveal things uh, can be very interesting. You know, Steve Stone was very interesting for a long time, still is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Mike Kruko's very interesting, and, um, and uh, that's because they're not leaning on the, the cliches. Uh, they're also smart, though, so that's part of why they're interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think if um, some of the announcers I dislike uh, if, if I would like them more, if they were just as sort of, um, dumb, dumb is the wrong word. I don't, shouldn't have said dumb. <laughs> inarticulate. Uh, inarticulate is not quite the right word either. Inarticulate is more like what I am being right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Wrong. Wrong. Let's say wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Not dumb. Certainly not dumb. Absolutely not dumb. Um, uh, if they were just as wrong as they are, but if they were kind of honestly wrong and originally wrong, if they were mm-hmm. originally wrong, I think I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, especially because a lot of times when you, uh, when ball players are, uh, you know, wrong, originally wrong, uh, they actually are, you know, they, that carries with it a lot of embedded truth that we don't have access to. So, um, so anyway, I think, I guess all I'm saying, what I'm saying is that if ball players want to rat on each other, uh, in, in the media, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get as upset as I think a lot of people will get upset. Now, mm-hmm. that said, the, the inconsistency is going to be prevalent. And yes, there's anytime you hear a player complain about the cheater on the other team, it is mm-hmm. almost inevitable, not always, but it's almost inevitable that there's going to be a cheater on his team as well. Yeah, uh, or that later he'll play with the same player, and and it'll come up, and you know they'll have a chat in spring training, and then all will be well. Yeah, so. I'll, I will say though that there was a time, there was an occasion this year. I forget who it was. I forget what team it was. Where one player was complaining about another player. It, might, it mm-hmm. probably had something to do with Peralta or something like that. And um, and I I was gonna you know I was gonna gotcha this guy I was gonna you know go find all the teammates on his team who had been implicated and there was not one guy on his team it was a totally clean team and um, this is not like 2005 2006 where you could find you know nine guys on every team who you know at some point were named somewhere or you know everybody had played with you know multiple players. Uh, there actually are clean teams. There, I don't know how many clean teams there are, but 
My get, uh, clean. Mm-hmm. I don't mean clean like in the sense that nobody's using now, and I don't mean dirty in the sense that somebody is using now. I just mean untainted teams that there's mm-hmm. no nobody on the team who's been named anywhere. And my sort of gut guess is that there's probably like eight to ten right now teams that are uh, clean of any particularly uh, you know compelling evidence against any mm-hmm. other players in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, I have no problem with players holding a grudge against someone who's tested positive for something in the past. I mean, it, it it's so overblown when a columnist writes about it and his outrage because he has a column to file and that's it's a hot topic that will appeal to a lot of players and it just, it, it you know, the rage just flies off the page and it seems like too much because that columnist was not personally affected by this player taking steroids. Uh, taking whatever he took and so it seems out of proportion why are you getting so upset about this you just write about baseball your livelihood was not affected by whatever this player did and it it's also you kind of don't have the standing to criticize it because you don't know what you would do in that situation or at least it's very easy to uh, look down at someone who did something in a certain situation, but if you've never been in that situation and you've never faced the same incentives, who's to say that you wouldn't have been tempted to do the same thing? With a player, though, neither of those objections applies. A player who who didn't take anything, and of course we never know for sure, but players themselves know for sure if they did or didn't do something, and if they didn't do something, then I would expect them to be upset, to hold a grudge, maybe even after the player is suspended and serves his time, because a player who took something is a player who's trying to get ahead, who's trying to beat out this guy, either directly or indirectly, by using some sort of substance that that this guy was not willing to take. And uh, he has also passed the test. He knows that he could have taken it himself, and he didn't. So I have no problem at all. I would probably feel bitter myself if I were a Major League Baseball player trying to hang on to the job and, and another guy was trying to beat me out by doing something that was against the rules. I would, I would not be pleased about that either. So if, uh, if John Lackey wants to remind us that, that Nelson Cruz broke the rules in the past, I don't really have a, a problem with that. If he's... If he is insinuating that he's still breaking the rules without evidence, eh, you know, I'm I'm gonna dismiss that. I I I guess I would I would advise against that. But uh, but any bitterness about the the past doesn't bother me. And of course, just the context of when he said it just makes it look kind of petty. Just because Cruz had just beaten him, and that's when he chose to to make this observation. That's exactly, exactly what I think. All of those words are exactly what I think and meant to say. And anything I said that would disagree with any of that, uh, anything I said previously, just disregard it, scratch it, because um, everything you just said is exactly right. And I think that standing is the key thing. They, they have standing, uh, and I think that it's just right that the people who have standing are the ones to uh, litigate this stuff in the manner that they see fit. And I think that generally they do a pretty good job. The players have, uh, in the last few years, I think the players have done a pretty good job of it, even if we sometimes snipe at them for being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind if they did a even better, more vocal job. So, yeah. Okay. Perfect. That's all. Uh, so then the, the quick second thing is Jose Bautista uh, ripping the replay system. 
Mm. And I, uh, I, I happened to uh, be rewatching a game today from April 13th because I wanted to see the ESPN broadcast where that guy fell asleep and then the <laughs> commenters, uh, commentators noted it and then he, he sued them. And uh, while I was waiting for this to happen, Sean Cruck, I believe, was talking about um, the replay system. And this was, of course, early in the season, two weeks in. And uh, there were he was relaying complaints from somebody uh, in the game about how uh, it wasn't working because, you know, a, a, a play had been missed the day before. Like the umpires had gotten a call wrong. And then when they went to replay, they still got it wrong. And mm-hmm. John Farrell got ejected. And... He the I, I can't remember if Cruck was saying this or if he was just relaying this from somebody else, but saying you know just scrap it and then you know get rid of it and then bring it you know bring it back if you ever fix it, but you know don't don't have it if it's not you know if it's not working. Mm-hmm. And I can't I, I just don't understand this viewpoint, Ben. Mm-hmm. Can you can you can you explain if there's any logic to the idea that a system that only captures ninety percent <laughs> of the missed calls is? Right. Uh, somehow worse than the one that captures zero i mean if if your point is that it's adding delays to the game then that's a fine argument if your point is that it uh takes away from the charm of the game that's a fine argument if you have any point that is um in which the results of the system itself are irrelevant to the argument i'm fine with that i can i can certainly see batista or or my dad or uh, or john crook or or anybody uh not liking replay still after having seen it seen it in play for a few months but if your argument has anything to do with the uh, success of the uh, of the calls getting overturned, in which it's fairly well, I, I think the consensus is, is fairly well established that they're getting a lot of calls that were wrong overturned and extremely few calls uh, that are being called wrong because of replay. Certainly, there are some that are being called wrong despite replay. Mm-hmm. But very, I, I mean, what, how many calls, since the glove transfer nonsense early in the season, mm-hmm. has there been any call that is that was wrong because of replay? Like the umpires got it right, and then they went to replay, and they overturned it uh, uh, incorrectly? I mean, if there has been, there's been like one or two. So, right. so, so like, again, I'm fine with, with people still not liking replay, but I don't get this argument. So do you have anything you want to say in, in uh, uh, Mr. <laughs> Batista's defense? I, I don't. And, I mean, Batista is a, is a notorious call complainer. He always, yes. he always has been. So this is not a, a new thing. He, is, he has always seemed to think that umpires are out to get him. He, is, he has said as much. And so this seems to be just a, a continuation of that. You'd think that he would be happy that more calls were being taken out of the hands of the umpires that he seems to believe has been, just have more been umpires. persecuting him. No, <laughs> right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Four umpires can do this much damage to him. Imagine how much <laughs> six umpires or eight umpires or a whole office full of umpires could do. It's like, uh, it's like having Granada, the country of Granada, uh, wanting to destroy you or having the country of like China wanting to destroy you. It's just more umpires. And he even seemed to imply that there was some some ulterior motive behind this replay system. He said they should get rid of it. I don't really understand the purpose of it, but getting the right call on the field is not the purpose. That is, yeah. That's exactly the purpose. That is, that is exactly, <laughs> that is yeah. Literally the purpose. There's no other purpose. 
And he said, that's pretty obvious and evident. <laughs> I don't know what kind of agenda the people that are doing the replays are on, what their plan is, what their purpose is, what they're looking after, but obviously getting the right call on the field is not what they're doing. I I don't know. It, it's, it's the same thing. Lackey gets beaten by Cruz, and he says something sort of petty about Cruz, and Batista has a... A call go against them. I guess the the Blue Jays have have had the replay system not work in their favor a few times, and and so he is saying something petty about that. I don't know. It's it's athletes are are hyper competitive, right? And things don't go their way, they're gonna lash out and and say something off the cuff that, as you said, doesn't always make sense, and they will use whatever happens to have been the instrument of their downfall as the the butt of whatever their comments it will take the the brunt of their comments and in this case it's the replay system and no it it doesn't make any sense to me certainly the the replay system has been made to look silly at times this season it it could have perhaps been designed better or it's easy to say that in in retrospect in hindsight but uh but overall it's been it's been a good i would say and it has definitely made calls more accurate. So I cannot defend Mr. Batista. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Fair enough. So please support our sponsor, Baseball Reference. Go to baseballreference.com. Subscribe to the Play Index using the coupon code BP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We will be back tomorrow with the listener email show. So please send us some emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com.